You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast is brought to you by Elaine Vigneault Senior Care Center. We take care of your old and tired players and keep them going long into retirement age. AVSC only uses the best tactics like albatross contracts and consistent playtime to keep them fit as fiddles. For the low, low price of $5.5 million a year, you too can have your favorite aging star around and about for many, many more seasons. Contact us and see your options at 212-465-6741. That might be the number to MSG. Or post prime at avsc.com. Alevinho Senior Care Center is a partner of a Jeff Gordon organization, and that ad was written by Michael Carroll of our Patreon Center and support. Let's go. Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm here with my lovely co-host Greg Kaplan and Greg. The Rangers are Dan Girardi list, and the expansion draft is happening. Greg, say hello. Uh, if only it was Mark Stahl. If only. It's a sad time to lose G. Now we both knew it was coming. It yep. was never in any doubt. We called it two years ago on this podcast, and maybe even one of our first episodes. And listen, it sucks to lose G. He was a great Ranger. He was a class act. The letter he wrote, if you haven't read it, you can go on Twitter and read it or anywhere else. Just type in Dan Girardi letter on Google. I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, absolute class act. I hope he gets signed somewhere else where he's not playing us all the time, doesn't score game-winning goals against us. Uh, but it, it was time to get it, let it go, and it does provide the Rangers with some cap relief that was much needed for especially the chase for Shattenkirk, which we will not be talking about outside of this today. Yeah, look, Girardi was the consummate rager, right? He literally left everything on the ice for this team. It got, it just got to a point with Dan where the scales didn't equal the salary. It's really that simple. It's, it's nothing. I mean, it's easy to say it's nothing personal, but it was personal. I, I, Dan Girardi, I, I won't lie. I got a little more emotional than I thought I would seeing that it actually happened. I, we've been talking about it since I think we've started this podcast that it was time for the Rangers to buy him out. But I still think, and I hope another team realizes this, that there is a useful part-time NHL defenseman in Dan Girardi. He just, 
what the what Elaine Vigneault and that coaching staff was asking him to do was unfair. He's not a 20 minute a night guy anymore. He shouldn't be playing back to backs. He should be getting a, a game off each week. If you have three games a week, he should only be playing two. You should be picking his poison and you shouldn't be playing him on the top defensive pairing. I, I think Dan Girardi in short bursts can be effective for an NHL team next year. I won't lie, and I'll say I am relieved that he will be doing that for another team. I, his time his time came, and I want him to be a part of this coaching staff at some point in the future. Where I, I think it's a little insane that people are asking for his number to be retired. I, that's if you're going to retire Dan Girardi's number, you got to start thinking about because that's nuts. If you retire Girardi's, I mean, you'd have to retire Stalls, right? And if you retire Stalls, uh, you're not you're retiring getting... Stalls' number, man. No, like, but you're not retiring Girardi's. There's... My whole thing with number retirements, there's nothing wrong with just being a very good player no, for a very long time. It's very honorable. It's, it's hard to do. It's honorable. There are other ways to honor Dan Girardi than retiring his number. Retiring his number should be for the elites of the elite. Yeah. And I know part of the problem is the Yankees exist and they retire literally anyone's number if they farted a World Series ring. <laughs> but that doesn't mean like, the Rangers necessarily have to do that. And they're they, going to retire Aaron Judge's number soon, so that's going to be tough. I mean, they're running out of numbers to retire, so. Yeah. Uh, I do want to actually do some show notes real quick. We have sure. two lovely interviews today that I forgot to mention at the top of the show. We bring on uh, the beat writer for SB Nation, uh, the Coyotes. Uh, her name's Sarah, and we also bring on a, a Canadian writer uh, who writes for the Habs uh, named Andrew, and we're going to have both those interviews later today. They're going to talk about the expansion draft and, and their teams, so we're going to get a little more insight to other teams we don't actually uh, know that much about, to be honest with you, since we're, we only, we exclusively follow the Rangers in this podcast. So They both deserve full titles, though. It's Sarah Hall. She's the managing editor of Five for Howling, and it's uh, Goof. I, I'm going to pull go. Ryan and Paul. Nailed it. Nailed it. Andrew Zadarnowski, you got it, who Zadarnowski. is a contributing, contributing writer for – Habs eyes on the prize, the SB Nation site for the Canadians, and he also does some Sunday morning radio work for TSN. They're both fantastic interviews. I, we're going to thank them enough and give them plenty of superlatives down the road. They were very kind to come on and give us some opinions about something we're going to focus on in this podcast, which is Derek Stepan. And I honestly, some of the best interviews we've done so far. Absolutely. Uh, I, that being said, let's talk about the expansion draft. The Rangers sure. list, the projection list has come out. The names yep. that have gone unprotected, and these, none of these are a surprise whatsoever. Grabner, Bumble, Fast, Ranta, Klein, Lindbergh, unprotected as Rangers. Uh, where are we leaning at this point in time of which Ranger is going to be selected by Vegas? Well, the wrench really thrown into the machine is the amount of goalies that have been made available that are very decent. Um, Roberto Luongo is available from the Panthers, even though I don't think he's an option. Obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury is the name everyone focuses on. It seems inevitable that he will be drafted by Vegas. Um, Peter Mrazek was the name that shocked me. That's the most I did not think, shocking I did one not think the Redskins, uh, the Redskins, yeah. the Red Wings, were going to expose him, but they did. Uh, that was very surprising to see. And then you have guys that are not great, but not bad either, like Michael Newverth with the Flyers. And, of course, Ronta, who is somewhere better than the Newverth level, probably on the same level as Mrazek. It, it's interesting because the Vegas could easily take Ronta and then flip him, which is something I'm sure the Rangers were trying to do and just decided they couldn't get an adequate price for him and decided to keep him and risk it. But the amount of goalies available is quite surprising. It, it's almost sat, oversaturated the market a little bit. 
where before you and I were talking about how Ronta was one of the best values available to Vegas. And now I, now he's, he's no higher in, in my eyes. He's no higher than the third best. He's third now. for sure. For me, uh, this makes me nervous because now I think Vegas has their eyes on Lindbergh and our center depth, especially if we trade step on will then be seriously lacking. Uh, I would not like to lose Lindbergh. I'd rather lose Ronta or I'd rather lose, obviously, I think I might, might rather lose Grabner, even though he was a very impressive offensive player for us last year. Honestly, of the ones protected, I don't want to lose Fast. I don't know if I'd go so far to say I want the Rangers to pull a trade to make sure that Fast is protected. Uh, I think the injury is playing a big role in Vegas's decision-making process when it comes to who to take from the Rangers. It really kind of depends on the day when you talk to beat reporters and insiders who they think they will take from the Rangers. Uh, Sunday, the talk was Grabner almost exclusively. Today, people start focusing on Lindbergh. It really feels like one of those situations where someone just needs to be picked. And it does feel like it's down to Grabner, Lindbergh, and Ranta. And I think it will be one of them. Do I think any of them are necessarily valuable enough for the Rangers to swing a trade? No. What I would have done in a perfect world, and it has me a little angry, and I know I'm not the only Ranger fan, protecting Nick Holden really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It, it, uh, but Greg, who else you're protecting? Like, what else are you Greg, doing? I, I would have, if the since the Rangers decided they didn't want to, I would have done a lot more to acquire a defenseman to protect. But the Rangers easily could have just protected the negotiating rights of Brandon Smith, just to make sure Vegas doesn't sign him to a ludicrous contract. You and what you do then is you protect the negotiating rights of Brandon Smith, and then Holden is a guy would dangle a draft pick for offer Vegas a third rounder or a future second for Nick Hold for the rights to take Nick Holden to protect Ronta Lindbergh and um, Grabner. Okay. Just because, because what the Rangers could do, they could easily recoup the value that they would have, that they will be forced to trade with Nick Holden simply by trading Ronta and by protecting yourself from making sure you can make that Ronta trade after the expansion draft. So, I, I honestly, it, it's, it, it wasn't something I would have been a big fan of when we were, if you asked me this question in May, I, even with as well as Smith played in the playoffs, I probably wouldn't have said protect Brandon Smith with an open defensive spot. But I honestly would have protected the negotiating rights of Brandon Smith and dangled hold it in a trade for just, just the chance to make a different move with Ronta down the pipe. Now, I'm not going to say you're wrong because you're not, Greg. You're not wrong. I think you know, the logic you made there was very good. Yeah, that, well, I'm, that, I'm a smart motherfucker. What that, can I tell you? I'm going to reveal some information to you. The Rangers like Nick Holden. AV likes Nick Holden. There, was, there was no way he was going to be unprotected. He, They see him as a value. They see him as a, as a piece of this team. They did, not, they did not want Las Vegas to take Nick Holden. All the and things you were saying are problems. I, With Jeff Gordon, it truly feels two steps forward, one steps back, right? And for every... Two great moves Jeff Gordon makes, and he makes, for whatever you want to say about Dan Girardi, it did take some balls for the Rangers to take a step back and say, we need to buy him out. This needs to create an opening on our roster for other players and an opening in the salary cap to sign the players the Rangers want to sign. It it takes balls to make that decision. It is not easy buying a player out. And then he goes with the spot created that he just made. He protects Nick Holden, which... It, it it boggles the mind. I I don't understand why the Rangers 
They this like, is a guy. They like him, man. You know. I know, but I don't know what. <laughs> you know when to... they traded for him, like he got pumped up. They were like, "You got a special player there, boy." Like, yep, yeah. Like, well, you know when 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 Grabner when Grabner gets taken in this draft, we can finally put Holden on the wing, and he can become a twenty-five goal scorer a year. I really want to make is. a T-shirt where it's just uh, with Nick Holden with wings. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, he's a winger. He's a winger. That's what just I want. Call, we're just gonna start calling him Red Bull. Red, Red Bull. I like that. Uh, hey, Red Bull. Oh, at the end of this podcast, we make an announcement. I have an idea. Um, oh, oh, there's, hey. there's one of the 10. There you go. Hey, there, the little tease, little tease. Um, all right. So listen, we did get some relief. Some guy named Kevin Klein. He is leaning towards retirement, which is very yep. strange. I want to talk about this because this would give us $2.9 million in cap space. And the cap, sure has, the cap has been announced to be $75 million for the 2017-2018 season. Sure so is. Why on God's earth? Would Klein retire when he's owed $2.9 million? What would you have to make me do to retire when I'm owed that money? Well, fair being fair, he's still going to get paid. He He's not retiring from hockey. He's retiring from the NHL. So wait, he's going to go. Retire, he's you, gonna still, go to, you still get paid? No, what I'm saying is he's going to go to Europe and he's going to sign a new contract. And that contract is probably going to pay him fairly close to the U.S. dollar equivalent of $2.9 million. Hmm. He, he will make millions of dollars next year. He's just not going to do it in the NHL. Do you think he'll and, get a, a longer deal, too, since he has one year left? So maybe he'll get a three-year deal in Europe? I don't know. If he wants one, maybe he just wants to play one more year and get paid for it and then spend a year in Europe and come home and then really retire. Look, Kevin Klein, he's – I just think his body gave up on him. It's kind like- of in the sense – kind of in the same sense where Girardi's body – has betrayed him and Mark Stahl's body has betrayed him. The drastic fall from Kevin Klein, the more than capable and arguably one of the top three defenders the Rangers had on their team for the two years prior to last year to the Kevin Klein we saw last year where he's a shell of himself and oh, he had literally couldn't get out of his own way. He had nothing all year. Like game one, he was done. It was rather incredible. It was one of the steepest drop offs I've seen. It was quick and it came fast. And I think Klein knows it came fast. If Klein stayed with the Rangers, I'm fairly certain the one decision AV would make that I agree with is Klein would not see much of the ice. And I think that's why he's choosing to walk and go chase a contract in Europe where, you know, the gameplay is different. It's not as brutal on the body. We've seen plenty of players leave the NHL for sabbaticals in Europe and come back refreshed. I'm not saying Klein is the kind of guy who might be able to come back refreshed, but he seems like one willing to take the chance that it might be able to revitalize his career. It was unexpected. I will say that. I think the Rangers would have been prepared to buy him out because only one year was remaining on his contract, but it's a big 2.9 million cap relief off their roster. It's really that that's what it comes down to. That 2.9 will get reinvested into this roster. Right now where it stands, it seems like the Rangers have about 16 million in free cap space. That number will increase when, they lose a player in the expansion draft and there are still trades this team could make to free up even more cap space. But at face value, that 16 million, you can give Shattenkirk seven. You can give uh, Smith, Brandon Smith and uh, Mika Zibanejad extension. Those two can combine for nine any way you want to slice it. Um, and th- there's, there's 16 million right there. That's it. Of course, that leaves, <laughs> that leaves a good deal of other players unsigned and, you got to make some roster manipulations to get other people under contract, but 
That's that. That's a very important sixteen million for the Rangers. That's really what it comes down. It's to. very crucial for the forward of this team. It's going to keep the core intact for the most part, uh, and it'll it'll allow us to to shine Shattenkirk if he actually does want to come here. Apparently, like we said, we had on this podcast, someone told someone who told someone it's a done deal. So, and that's that's a very uh, uh, of course uh, good good source we had there. There's been a lot well, of rumors this I week, mean, by the there, way. There have been a lot of rumors, but yeah. conspicuous enough, there haven't been any Shattenkirk rumors. I haven't seen any team seriously connected to Shattenkirk besides the Rangers. Not one, which is incredible. There, did you see the, the McDonough trade today to to uh, the Avalanche? What was that? Uh, look, Larry Brooks has been around a very long time. I just uh, He's a little off his rocker. How? Why on earth would the Rangers do that? There's no way you're trading McDonough to the Avalanche. And at the same time, there's no way the Avalanche are trading Nathan McKinnon for Ryan McDonough. Like, it's a trade neither team want, would make. No. And it's not it's not one of those trades where both teams feel like the other team is winning it. It's one of those trades where both teams are like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I'm not, I'm not making that move. Yeah, McDonough. The Rangers, are not, the Rangers are not trading their best defenseman for a center unless, unless, and I will say this has to be the biggest unless I've ever dropped on this podcast, unless the Rangers have something lined up with Stepan where they're getting a clear clear number one right a clear like has to be the clearest of clears no Uh, we're talking we're i mean sarah hall is going to come on this podcast later we talk a lot about oliver ekman larson and how it's never going to happen unless that was actually happening and even then i don't know if i would want to trade mcdonough for nathan i look i love nathan mckinnon 22 years old dynamic center has a chance to be a stud in this league but i also know what ryan mcdonough is now and how important ryan mcdonough is to the longevity of Henrik Lundqvist, which is the most important thing the Rangers have going. I just think the value of Ryan McDonough for this team construction is higher than that of what Nathan McKinnon would bring to this team. If there's a way the Rangers could get McKinnon without trading McDonough, I'm all ears. But that's the one guy I'm probably not trading to get McKinnon in New York. I think, it's not going to happen. I think we should start making up rumors. Like, Rangers have asked have asked Hank to waive there's no move clause. Nothing has happened yet. There's a possi- well, you have to start everything with a possibility. There's a possibility the Rangers have asked Hank to waive his no move clause at this point in time. Just start well, making I, it up. I figured out today that Kevin Durant's opting out of his contract with the Warriors. I think he's coming to the Garden to play uh, third-line center for the Rangers. Absolutely. Uh, also, I, I know the Cavs may have fired their GM, and they're going to have Chauncey Billup be the new GM. Wait, that's true. How could Chauncey Billups be the GM that was playing in the big three? Nope. It just it was actually just announced during this podcast. As we're recording, time for recording. Uh, we're 7.57 at uh, oh, night on Monday. Chauncey, Chauncey Billups will possibly be the new GM of the Cavs. And I know yeah, you're... He's got to play in the big three. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing going on in the world of basketball right now. Not anymore. You hit that Google button. Um, so uh, there, there's your recording the podcast of the week from us. We're going to start rumors on Twitter. You know, we, Chauncey Billups. Oh, my God. He's, he's popping up as a as Cavs GM. Well, can't be. Yep. There you go. Sources as David Griffin departs. Just couldn't agree on future sources expected to. Okay. He's expected to emerge as a candidate. Let's calm down. Here, okay. Buddy. All right. Listen, just starting rumors. That's what we do on this podcast. Start rumors. So we're going to start some more rumors on our Twitter. We'll do that starting tomorrow. Uh, we'll do oh, some I, for, I forgot I forgot that he's playing on Charles Oakley's team in the big three. There's no way Chuck Timber is going to let him leave to get a real job. <laughs> hey, no you want there's a real no job? Way. No, you're going to play fantasy basketball. Enjoy. Look, hey, first of all, it's not fantasy basketball. Second of all, you try telling Chuck Timber you're not going to do something that he wants you to do. And then let me know how it <laughs> goes not for survive. you. All right. Uh, I think that's most of the Ranger news we wanted to touch on this week. Did I miss anything big? Well, you and I haven't talked about Stepan. We talk a lot about Stepan with our guests, but you and I never 
in those interviews. Eh, we do a little bit. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I think it's. I think it's clear. I, I don't think you and I really need to get too in deep with it, considering how much we're about to talk about it. You trade Derek Stepan if and only if you're getting a number one defender or a player as talented as Galchenyuk. I think he's it's, on the level of a, of a one C. I think he's very close. He's on that, that line between 1C, 2C for me, personally. Especially the way he played in the playoffs. Uh, I obviously like him as a player. He's still young. I think the contract is really good. I don't want this team to lose him whatsoever, actually. Because I think that, that makes our center depth uh, seriously low. I, it's a problem. The center depth's a problem. Because Kevin Hayes is not a top six center. He's just not. He might be at some point in his career. He's just not right now. He's not and right now at all. If, if it, he, if he emerged, down, I wouldn't have a problem. If Kevin Hayes it comes down to this. Okay, go on. And this is this is really why I think the Rangers have such a high asking price on Derek Stepan and other teams are like, well, he's not worth it. He's worth that much to the Rangers because here's a guy that's going to lace it up every night. He's going to put near 50-point seasons up with consistency, 20-goal score. He's their most important – arguably him and Rick Nash are probably their two most important penalty kill forwards. I guess Jesper Foss has a claim to that as well, but – Game on the line, and I need to kill a penalty. I think I want Stepan and Nash on the ice. I agree, uh, totally. He, again, the, he might not be the Rangers' number one center, and I, th- I still think, and I will always think, that Mika Zibanejad is the most talented offensive center the Red- Rangers have, and he proved that in spades last year. But Stepan, he's, it's, it's unfair to call him a depth piece, but he really is the perfect depth piece for the Rangers. He is perfect in the role the Rangers need him to play. And I think Ranger fans forget that. They're kind of reacting to what was a sluggish postseason for Stepan. But to blame Stepan for the – the Rangers could have advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals with a sluggish Stepan if they had anything that resembled a defensive unit or smarter coaching decisions by Elaine Vigneault. This so, will, for me, this will always be the year. Well, I, I guess that happens all the time. Of the year of what ifs, the Lightning year, this year, the Kings year. Uh, those. Were all- I still don't. I, I know that the Penguins and Senators eventually went to seven. I still think it's a completely different series if the Rangers are playing the Penguins, in the sense that I just think the Penguins had the Rangers number this year. I, I don't. I don't know if the Rangers would have matched up well against the Penguins. And I, I just you know, would have liked to see it, Greg. That's all sure. I meant. And, and here's the thing. We should have because the Rangers won that series in five if Elaine Vigneault is just putting Brady Shea and Brandon Smith on the ice late in games. That's right. or Adam It really is that simple. That's all the Rangers had to do, really, is put the correct pairing defenseman on the ice in late-game situations. We didn't. Here we are. So, to bl- But my whole point is Ranger fans are quick – Recency bias is strong in New York. It is with no every team. <laughs> except the Islanders. How are the Mets? There is no recency anything with the Islanders. How are the Mets? They blow. Yeah. That, that's not recent. That's been the entire year. And that's all we're um, talking about this week with the Mets. <laughs> yeah, uh, please. I am not talking any more than that. Uh, with Derek Stepan, if you're trading Derek Stepan, you have to convince me there is an adequate replacement coming in for him. And even as much as I like Galchenyuk, I would have concerns about the Rangers' penalty kill if the Rangers brought in Galchenyuk and did not make a subsequent signing of some sort to bring in a guy that can play adequately at center on the penalty kill. It, it would it would worry me. I, because as good as Jesper Foss and Rick Nash are on the kill, they're not centers. You still need a guy that can win a defensive zone faceoff 
in a critical late game situation. And Stepan has proven to be that rather consistently. So is there a trade out there where I would move Derek Stepan? Absolutely. But it has to be perfect. And I am encouraged by the fact that the Rangers, from what it sounds like, aren't settling. They look they're seem to be out there looking for the perfect trade for Derek Stepan. And if they don't find one, it will not be a disappointment to start next season with Stepan still on the Rangers. In fact, I, I think I would prefer it. All I'm saying is I would listen. And I think Ranger fans would be smart to listen, but not necessarily look to move Stepan. Big difference in my mind. Totally agree. And we're going to talk way more Stepan on this podcast. So you'll have your, your healthy dose. I actually want to ask you a side question since we got some, sure. I got a couple, couple minutes here to fill up. And not sure. really. This is a long podcast anyway. Should I buy a Brady Shea jersey or should I buy a brand new Chris Chris Ryder, Chris Kreider jersey? I'm kind of on the I Shea have, train right now. I have a Brady Shea jersey. Oh, I don't want to be twins with you, though. Hmm. No. no I can't Too late, that. bro. Can't do it. Jumped on that train way early. You really did get on it early. I'm just kind of upsetting. I like the Smith jersey, too, though. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Gotta resign him first, though, bro. I know. I know. That would be really sad. Or it would be super cheap. You know, that's one of the, one of the other reasons. You should just order your Shattenkirk now. Uh, call my shot. Guess, guess, guess the number. Oh, what's I have his, no idea what the number. What's his number now? I'll tell you in two seconds. Okay, sounds good. Good podcast. Uh, Here we go. Good radio. Da, 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 da. Good radio. Uh, looks like he was. Jeez. Uh, oh, wow, we're twenty-two. So good, so good at hockey. So why wouldn't you be able to do now? I mean, who's twenty-two in the Rangers? Do I know that? Should Is I know that? Colden. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that. Oh, jeez. It's, it's Nick Holden. It's uh, fucking Nick Holden. Fuck this guy. I, I, I can't. I can. You know what? Buy a goddamn Nick Holden jersey. Oh, my God. All right. That sounds good. Um, Listen, perfect. Greg. That was just perfect. I don't have, that was a good moment. I don't have any uh, good nonsense to talk about this week. Uh, so we're going to go to the interviews. Next week, we'll be doing a... Are we forgetting, are we forgetting any range of topics here? I don't think so. We it, talked expansion draft. We talk, talked step on. Yep. Climb. We didn't Girardi. talk about the actual entry draft, but we don't know anything about it. So we're going to do it all with James next week. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's, that's there's a guy name Brandstrom that people are very excited about. That name is I so think. badass, by the way. Brandstrom. I saw it's got like seven yeah. different symbols that are not letters in it. So Scandinavian Defenders. That's James Clark's bugaboo. It's literally his thing. Um, so we'll go on to the interviews now. We're gonna do talk a bunch of step on. We're gonna talk about uh, Arizona Coyotes and Montreal Canadiens and relocation and some food nonsense and all that. So let's head over there, Greg. Mm. Transition. And we're back with Sarah Hall. She's the managing editor for the SB Nation of uh, the Arizona Coyotes, Five for Howling. Did I say that correct, Sarah? Yes, you did. All right. Well, welcome to the Blue Shirts Breakaway. We are a Rangers podcast. We once treated you, Anthony Duclair. How's that going? It was great for the first season. It was really nice, wasn't it? How, how did Yandel treat you? Uh, I wasn't the biggest Yandel fan, but we didn't trade him for any assets, so everyone lost. So there you go. Whee! We all lost. <laughs> We brought you on today because you're going to be going to the actual NHL draft for the Las Vegas. Is that true? Yes, I am actually in Vegas right now for the expansion draft and for the NHL awards. Okay, wonderful. And the other thing we wanted to talk about was, why would your team be interested in Derek Stepan? And do you believe he's a top flight center that you would want on the Coyotes? Well, because we don't have a first <laughs> A1C. What do you um, have? With we have a bunch of children. Um, basically, Christian Dvorak may be the best center we have on the team if Brad Richardson can get back to how he was before he broke his leg. 
which even then that was just a very good shutdown third line center. So you're, you're really missing uh, a key piece to trying to, you're trying to turn the corner here. Are you guys trying to stop rebuilding at this point? Cause I know that you guys like hired a 26 year old GM. You went to the save metrics game. You're kind of doing the 76 or NBA kind of deal of tanking and see what happens. I think they are with the news that came out this morning as I pulled into Vegas with the team parting ways with Shane Doan, um, with Andy Barraway getting full majority ownership of the team and having no other people in the decision making. Um, I'm pretty sure that they are wanting to go young and try to win now, but with the roster that we have at this moment, when you take out the players that are over 35, the roster is about 22 years old. Hmm. Sarah, I'll, I'll jump in. I, I'll speak for every Ranger fan because the entire philosophy around trading for Derek Stepan is to get a defensive number one type pairing defenseman in return. At least that's what Ranger fans want. So naturally, as soon as a Ranger fan sees Stepan connected to the Coyotes, everyone starts daydreaming about Oliver ekman Larson. Now tell me why that is a complete pipe dream and would never happen. Because Oliver ekman Larson is the cornerstone of the franchise at this point. Um, they did say with Shane Doan being let go from the team that ekman Larson was going to be the next captain, and they have been kind of grooming him for that for the last four years. Um, I mean, we could offer you a gently used Alex Golagoski, Mm. Mm. You know, that, that sounds tempting, but I don't think so. Uh, the, 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 non, the non-OEL name most connected to Stepan is Max Domi. What, would Max Domi. what does Max Domi offer for the casual fan who hears the last name Domi, might only think Ty and thinks Flying Fists? Um, with Max Domi, you have a explosive right wing uh, – wait – Left wing. Sorry. Forgot what wing he played there for a minute. We all make mistakes. He played both sides. Um, You get a really explosive, very talented, very skilled left wing who can play center. Um, He played center for a bit in London, but he really isn't the playmaker. He's the one that can get the guy the puck um, fairly easily. He draws the he can draw the defenseman away from most of the players on the ice and leave someone open. That's how Duclair scored most of his goals last year and the year before. Um, so you're saying he was a fluke? Find the open player on the ice. Huh? So you're saying Duclair was a fluke? Um, Duclair had a 17% shooting percentage his first season and a 5% last year. So... Hmm. You know, we'll take we'll take him back. We're Listen, really not that big. If you don't want him, like we'll take him back. Like just throw him our way. Our, I don't know if you've heard about our our minor leagues, as we like to call it, but they're pretty much non-existent. So we don't really have much down there. So we'll, you have prospects? No, no, we don't have any of those. <laughs> we have zero. Uh, Sarah, one one thing I'm always curious about. Obviously, us Ranger fans, we watch Derek step on night in and out, so we value him one way. What is your opinion of Derek Stepan from? an outsider that may not have seen him play every night, just general perception you have of Stepan? Um, I've seen him play a, quite a bit. I um, do follow the Penguins, so whenever they play, I do watch the Rangers quite a bit. <laughs> um, and I did watch this last round of the playoffs, and I've always watched the playoffs. He 
seems to have, people seem to think he has the ideal fit of the type of center the Coyotes are looking for. I see him more as a 2C, more than the 1C. He's, he is very talented, but I don't know if him coming in would help the mix that we have. I, I, I understand that. No, that makes, that makes sense. Stepan isn't exactly the type of center, and this is going to sound like a slam on him. It does not mean to be. But he's not the type of center that gets the most out of his line mates. He's, he's the kind of guy you need a perfect fit for. He's, he's not exactly going to make Duclair or Max Domi better players. He's a great player. And if the Rangers trade right. him, my fear if the Rangers ever trade him is I don't know who would be the center on the penalty kill anymore. I think that might be his most important role with the Rangers. And, I mean, we're talking about a guy that still gets 50 points a season. He's not exactly a slouch when it comes to scoring. But I, I am always right. curious what – non-Ranger fans evaluate Stepan as because we see him one, I mean it's also easy to forget this guy is only 26 years old it's not exa- he's been in the right. league a while but he's still a young guy and also the contract you didn't mention that Greg it's really not that bad of a contract I believe it's 4.5 am I crazy or am I wrong here I think I am Although, well it's a six million right. it's a six million hit but yeah I think he's making less than what his hit is I agree um I'm gonna look that up I but... think it's one of those backloaded so I just don't like Greg made a good point there about the penalty kill. That seems to be his, his biggest talent. He scores the most uh, breakaway goals on a penalty kill, especially or one of them, at least for our team. I just don't think he's going to be that player to turn the corner for you guys. So that's why I'm so interested as the rumors happened to see why you guys were targeting him. Cause I just don't know if you guys are going to be becoming the team that becomes competitive. I don't think that's the piece that's going to bring you over the edge. I was never, I know a lot of my, a lot of my writers were going, this could, act, this could be a good fit because think of Hansel on the how Hansel was. Well, Martin Hansel, when healthy, is a number one center. But he's also 6'6", built like a brick house, and breaks every 20 games. Um, he's very good on the penalty kill. He has a great face-off percentage. But that is not the be-all, end-all of what Kyrie fans are a little bit jaded when it comes to how they value their players. Um, and the Coyotes are kind of like the island of misfit toys. They get the cast off. Do you think, like, have you ever thought that, first round have you ever thought that, like, the Coyotes are going to move? Has that ever still been, like, a topic of discussion that happens all the time where you're like, how long is this team actually going to be here for? Since, since you guys I... are sort of, like, casted like misfits, like, as you said. I kind of like to push that thought to the back of my head, to the mm. back of my mind. Okay. And Batman has pretty much said that it's going to be over his dead body that the team moves. Because they could have moved him two or three times in the last four or five years. And they, you guys could have been Las Vegas. That's a fair point. Yes. And I think the right now the league is really focused on expanding and not relocating, which makes sense. But when you have teams like the Coyotes, like Carolina and Florida even, you do have to start looking at, is this going to keep working? And as someone who, when I was a season ticket holder for three seasons, there is a very passionate Coyotes fan base. And I don't think people realize how rough it is trying to get across town. Um, John Tavares said it last year at 
media day, it's like him traveling from Long Island to Brooklyn. Yeah, that's that's something we've brought up on the podcast before when we were talking. We've talked about what teams we would relocate in the past. And the common misconception is the Coyotes play in Phoenix. They don't. They play in Glendale, which is a hike to get to, as you're saying. Yes, um, I live in Scottsdale. It is 40 miles from the arena, and it takes me 45 minutes on a good day. And it can take two and a half hours if you get stuck in traffic to get over there. Is it two and a half? Jeez, crazy. That's a lot. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's bad. All right. Well, that's kind of like why the Islanders don't get anyone coming because it's in Brooklyn and their arena sucks and they have nothing going on for them except John Tavares and the trains, even the trains, the LARR is breaking down for us. So uh, you guys are are in a similar situation to the Brooklyn team at this point, who won't be there that much longer, by the way. We we really are. Um, I know that People are hoping that um, the owner of the Suns will stop being Sarver and, you know, team up with the Coyotes and rebuild and build the, a new Suns arena that would fit a hockey team. But he doesn't want to share. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, just yeah. to transition a little bit back to Stepan, I think Ranger fans get a little, I don't know if selfish or greedy is the right word, but... Everyone talks about Stepan being a 1C. Ryan, I don't know about you. Do you see – I see Zibanejad as our 1C and pretty convincingly too, right? At this point, I, I, I'm, it's recency bias though. Like our playoff, Stepan was pretty invisible where Mika was maybe the best center on the ice or best one of the best players on the ice. So he's but probably I our like 1C. Mika, I, I remember Mika Zibanejad when he was a senator. Uh, oh, like, way back. He was always good. Way back. <laughs> way back. But, two years ago. Well, but when he was playing in that playoff series against the Penguins, um, he's the shortened season. I, I was surprised <laughs> when we got him uh, for Broussard. I mean, we've been over that a thousand times in this podcast, but he's really blossomed. And he's going to be the 1C on this team. And I think that's why we're, we're willing to ship out to Derek at this point. But I'm just, I'm just not convinced he's a 1C, even though well, he I still – my whole thing with the Stepan trade, my fear is – I don't think the Rangers have a two-way center like Stepan, either on their roster or I don't know who would be available on the open market that would be able to fill the whole Stepan does. Because it's not it's not so much that Stepan is irreplaceable. It's just he's such a perfect fit for the Rangers that it's hard mm-hmm. to imagine moving him for someone short of perfect. And that's I think going back to it, I, I do believe that is a big reason why when Ranger fans saw the Coyotes brought up, everyone started tra- daydreaming about Ekman Larson, just because I personally don't know who else I would want from the Coyotes. I Max Domi is a sexy, intriguing name, but I mean, do the Rangers really need Max Domi? No, <laughs> no. Um, do you need Max no. Domi? <laughs> yes. Um, when he's when when he's not punching people in the face, yes, we need Max Domi. See, I kind of like that about Max. Well, we just got rid of a guy that punches people in the face. Rest in peace, Tanner Glass. Oh. Uh, Oh, Tanner Glass. Yes. Oh, Tanner Glass. <laughs> well, now, we'd be, remiss, we'd be remiss if you're in Vegas and we're not going to talk about who the Coyotes might lose in the expansion draft. The Coyotes, now, I, I do not take this personally when I say it. If the option was there for Vegas to not draft a player from a team, I think the Coyotes might be that team. Wow. <laughs> who, yeah. Um... Who, who, who did you expose that you're afraid to losing? My first glance at it, I didn't see a single name where I'd be like, ah, shucks. 
I would act, I would be a little bit upset if they lost out for Vistrov. His game picked up very well after he came back from the concussion from uh, Colin Miller uh, last season. He actually played very well with Domi and Duclair. They were clicking at the end of the season. They were one of them were scoring every night. Um, and people were upset that they didn't protect Redeem Verbata. And I'm like, he's 35, he's 36. <laughs> And um, he only wants to play in Arizona and only wants to play for Tippett. So I think he's okay. Okay. Uh, and you guys just but, shipped off Mike Smith as well, right? Yep, they shipped Mike Smith off to Calgary, um, and now they're looking for a number one goalie. May we interest you in an Auntie Ranta? We would love a gently used Auntie Ranta. <laughs> gently used carried the team when the king was sitting and out. Well, how, how many more years do you have out of Hank? One. Oh, uh, forever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, forever. forever. Like I thought you were talking about I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> talk about life without Hank. That's that's not nice, and I want to bring it up ever. 2025. That's when we're done. So we got eight more years. Very good. <laughs> we're all. Fine. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. fine. So are you? Are you, I, I didn't actually ask this. Are you in Vegas for the blog covering the draft? Yes. Or are you just playing blackjack every night? No, I'm actually going to be working. Oh, that's upsetting. In my in my defense, I consider working the blackjack table. So <laughs> it's it's, it's like no, I I went to Vegas to everyone's like you're going to Vegas. I'm like yeah, I going to work my other job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you did have a game of choice, what would it be? I I am a big fan of blackjack. There you go. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> All right. Um, will you be covering the draft? Uh, will you be tweeting the draft live or? So I'm going to be um, in the media day scrums tomorrow, uh, tweeting that live, and then we will. I will be covering the expansion draft and the NHL awards live from wherever they are going to keep the media hostage. Who do you consider the? Give me your top three players available that you would want the Coyotes to try and swing a trade for? I wouldn't be mad if they tried to get Mark andre Fleury. The reason why, um, we have, they have really good goalie prospects. Louis Domingue is not one of them. Um, <laughs> it would be nice if he could be behind someone where they could tandem the kind of middle him back into being a good goaltender. Last year, he got thrown into being a starter when Mike Smith went down the second game with injury, and that's when the season just started to not be good. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, he has two years left on his contract, and it would give the goalies uh, down in uh, Tucson, uh, the Roadrunners, it would give them time to maybe be a back, become a backup by the time Flurry is out. Um, I would also, Pontus Auberg would be great um, for some scoring. But any decent first-line center would be great. And no, Minnesota people, we are not going to take Martin Hansel back. I just, I just see Matt. But speaking of Minnesota, every time I look at the players available and I see Matt Dumba's name and I just salivate, I – I would love for the Rangers to try. That would be so good. Um, they are looking. They are looking for a right-handed defenseman to play with Ekman Larson, 
he takes a very specific type of player to play with. Zabinic McCulloch was his perfect partner. I think Ryan McDonough would be perfect for him perfect personally. So just, just I don't want opinion. Ryan McDonough. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I, you give us Ekman Larson, we'll make it work. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll work with it. Don't worry. This is our GM. Would you, would you be terribly could, could upset? I you in a, could I interest you in, in Anthony D'Angelo? Only if I also get Ekman Larson too. And <laughs> and and you take Mark Stahl. Then we're good. Right. There we go. <laughs> we're good. Mark- Poor Marcel, who's basically blind in one eye at this point. What are you uh, talking about? Guy. No, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Are you, <laughs> as a team that needs a goalie, are you surprised by the number of, I don't want to say good goalies, but definitely quality goalies available in this expansion draft? I am. Um, you can tell, like, some teams, they were locked in to the goalie that they chose. L.A., Johnson Quick. L.A. is just a big disaster area, which makes my heart so, so happy because the L.A. teams make the Coyotes' lives miserable. Um, well, oh, I don't, I don't, know, if, I don't know, know if you know the thing called the 2014 Stanley Cup. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> it was awful. It was the I know. Hank, Hank, had that te- Hank was the only reason they were even in that one game they won. We know. We know. Yeah. I, I, I watched Teary-Eyed from a bar. And then proceeded to not remember anything. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, listen, we want to plug your stuff. Yeah. If, if people want to follow you for the for the actual uh, draft itself, will you be posting on SB Nation or will you be tweeting both? So uh, we will be doing updates on Five for Howling, uh, fiveforhowling.com on SB Nation at Five for Howling. So five spelled out, the number four Howling, and then I'll be tweeting from my personal account personal account sarah howling um on twitter as well and we'll definitely retweet you uh on the on the podcast when it comes up so you guys will be able to easily go ahead and follow sarah that would be fantastic wonderful greg any well, final questions before we get out of here yeah we got to ask the one we ask every guest that comes oh, yeah, on let's go the most it. important question uh, we've a, ever had. a question from two years ago that we said we retire but we keep going with is, is a hot dog a sandwich no Oh, God. I got to find a guest you that is can't actually... can't win, Greg. It's the best. <laughs> it's look, the greatest. One, one, day, one day, everybody will wake up and understand that Thank hot dogs... Thank you so much sandwich. for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, we will retweet You're you. You're very welcome. And uh, good luck to the Coyotes this year. I hope Claire breaks out and becomes a star player that he always was supposed to be. I really hope so, too. We, we could use a bright, shiny spot that is not going to be someone who's 20 years old. And look, if you get tired of them, we're always willing to take yeah, them Yeah, we'll back. take them back. It's fine. Okay. All right. Maybe. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and we'll retweet your stuff tomorrow. All right. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me on. And we're back with Andrew. I'm going to mispronounce this. Zardanowski. Andrew, I said that right, right? That works for me. And he is uh, TSN. He's on TSN every morning in Canada. Uh, on 690 on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah, I got to say it's like in Canada. That's the thing. And then he also you also write for HabsEyesOnThePrize.com, which is a uh, Montreal Canadian website. Am I uh, so yeah, far so right. good? So far so good. I'm killing Yeah, this. no, so, so far so good. I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I, that sounded like a cue. So I'm like, yep, I agree. Yep, I, I also do that. Uh, so we brought you on to talk a little bit about, like, obviously one of your former best players was just in the Stanley Cup finals and lost in a miserable way, fashion, got his head bounced off the ice. You guys also just made a huge trade that I want to talk about. Uh, where would you like to start? 
Well, we can start with, uh, we can do it chronologically and start off with the Stanley Cup Finals and P.K. Subban. Uh, so what were your feelings watching the finals? Were you one of the people that were like, it's okay to lose Subban? Were you a Shea Webin supporter? Did you think that trade was awful? Uh, we never really had a Habs writer on the show to really give our take, but we gave ours and we thought that was a terrible trade. Well, fair enough. And I, I, it, it, hindsight will definitely tell it 2020, but you know, the facts laid out in front of us is that Weber is an older player with a longer contract. Um, P.K. Subban is a more of an exciting player, younger, uh, but a higher cap hit of a contract. So there's two kind of contrasting players, and they're also completely different styles of players. You're not really comparing apples to apples when you compare Subban to Shea Weber. Uh, Subban's very flashy. He's very much loves being in front of the cameras. He loves being there in a game-breaker situation, where Shea Weber is more of a steady presence in front of the net, um, not necessarily an offensive defenseman, but I think he does stabilize the, the Habs' defense, and that's something that they desperately needed. So it, it's hard to say whether the Habs improved with the trade, whether they got worse with the trade. Um, I think they're just a different team after the trade. And you know what? I wish P.K. Subban all the success in the world. I loved watching him as a Hab. And now I enjoy watching Shea Weber as a half. You mentioned I will. Oh, right. I'm just going to jump in right go quick. Go for it. Go for it. I think. I mean, we people have rehashed this trade enough. We don't. We didn't bring you on specifically to talk about that. But the one thing I am interested from a Montreal Canadian fan perspective is the difference between Shea Weber and PK Subban is you guys have a much shorter window now. Am I wrong? Shea Weber, you only have so many years to get the quality of play you got out of him like you did last year. This is true, but um, one thing I'll bring up is that the window was never dependent on Subban or dependent on Weber. The window was always Carey uh, Price. Price's contract, Max Pacioretty's contract. Combined those two players, so Carey Price, the best goaltender in the world, quite arguably, <coughs> and Max Pacioretty. <laughs> 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 Sorry, and, um, had my throat. And Max pa- <laughs> yeah, something, something stuck in my throat. And Max Pacioretty, the second highest five-on-five uh, five goal scorer in the league behind Alex uh, Alexander Ovechkin right now. Both those players to combined are $11 million on the cap hit for the next season. After that, Carey Price alone will probably you know, dictate $11 million. So the entire composition of the Canadians changes dramatically after this next season. So that's why the window, you know, it's it's not necessarily a myth, but Montreal will be forced to adapt once those contracts have to be renewed. And who knows, you know, whether Pacioretty is going to stay, who knows what's going to happen after this upcoming season. So Weber, I think much was, is, is an excellent defenseman right now in the short term. Pat, I mean, Subban probably for, you know, for the long term, absolutely, he's going to have a longer career. But there is a very strong window in Montreal, and it is it was this past year when you guys knocked us out, you bunch of bastards. Hey, and... <laughs> hey remember when Tanner Glass scored on you? How was nice was that? What was your thoughts during that moment? Which, which one, sorry? When Tanner Glass scored on Carey Price? Oh, this nice lady. No one saw that backhander coming. I don't think. I don't think Tanner Glass even even knew what he was doing. No, he never knew if, what he was doing. You could, you could give Tanner Glass five guesses. He wouldn't be able to tell you what a backhand is. Oh, exactly. Like it was. It was just like as if he was like swatting a like a fly or a spider off his shoulder, and he accidentally flicked the you know the puck in the net. It didn't. That was a backbreaker. It was unexpected, and you know it is what it is. But uh, the, funny, the funny thing is, I think Ranger fans were more angry about that goal than Canadian fans were. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we were like. Tanner Glass, what the 
<laughs> Where well, you guys oh, like, you can, curse. You can curse here. You're, you can drop the bombs if you want. But um, oh, I, I know. But if my fans are listening, <laughs> okay, they expect okay. a certain level of decorum, uh, and I don't want to disappoint them. I'm, well, now our fans expect a certain level of decorum too, which is why they're offended you haven't sworn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have another question about another player on your team. Brendan Gallagher was yep. probably the most impressive person I saw uh, in our series uh, against us, at least. What do you perspe- uh He's still pretty young. What do you see from him going forward as a player on your team? Brendan Gallagher, I think, is a a dependable uh, player to be in the opposing goalie's face 100% of the time. I know. Um, We love him. Everyone else must hate him. Gallagher had an off-season last year. Uh, He's been dealing with some pretty bad injuries. Two years in a row, he's got uh, his fingers broken by a slap shot. Um, lastly, this past season, courtesy of Shea Weber. And there's been some talk that uh, because of the multiple reconstructive surgeries on his hand, um, his, his, his stick handling has suffered because he can't grip the, t- the stick as tightly as he used to be able to. So he may have to tweak his game, and I'm not surprised that his scoring output has gone down, but he makes up for it by being in the goalie's face 100% of the time. And you know what? That, that, that's the kind of player that every team in the league needs, that kind of shit-disturbing goalie, that uh, player, rather, that is always there in front of the goalie and, and just, just causes chaos. And for that, I love Brendan Gallagher. For that, the team loves Brendan Gallagher, and that's why they skipped the bridge contract with him and went straight to a six-year deal after his entry-level contract expired. Uh, and I think he's going to be a valuable player for, for the team for the next several seasons. If Frank- I will say, just to jump in again on you, Ryan, where Gallagher was impressed with Ryan, there was no player, I think, that had more of an impact for the Canadians than uh, Alexander Radulov in that series. I know he's a free agent. Are there yeah. any rumblings yet of a new contract coming up his way? Well, the current rumblings are that he wants a long-term deal for Montreal uh, and that Montreal is not willing to give him that long-term deal. And you know what? And I don't blame Montreal for being cautious here. Uh, he's 31 years old. He, you know what, he had a great season in Montreal, but I, I would be happy if Montreal can give him an extension that doesn't go into his 35th year because, you know, as soon as you have that 35-plus contract on the books, then it becomes a lot harder to buy out, becomes a lot harder to bury, becomes a lot harder to trade. So I think if Montreal can convince Radulov take a shorter deal, a three-year deal, which is, which is what I think they're trying to make him do, um, that will benefit everybody. Now, we do know that Vegas has exclusive negotiating rights right now with uh, unrestricted free agents, one of them being Radulov. And I, you know, I'm not, it's not even a doubt in my mind that they've reached out to him to see what it would take to bring Radulov to Vegas to play with his buddy Shipachev. Um, and I'm, in my personal opinion, I think Radulov is the primary... Uh, or the prime player to be picked by Vegas in this expansion draft. Hmm. We're not seeing that coming. I'm just surprised by that. And um, most of the reason we brought you on is to talk not just the Drew and trade, but kind of the ripple effect that has happened after that trade and all the Galchenyuk rumors. You guys have been connected to Derek Stepan. We talked to the managing editor of Five for Howling uh, since the Coyotes are also another team connected to step on for us. It's always interesting to hear an opposing fans view of Derek Stepan and what his worth is. How would you evaluate Derek Stepan? Um, Derek Stepan has, I think has been a, a, a great center for the New York Rangers. And, and obviously, you know, I think everyone knows Montreal's weakness of, of not having that first line center 
to, to pivot for for Pacioretty and 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 hopefully Radulov. Um, I, I did hear the rumors come up at one point. I don't know how solid of a source it is that brought them up. Um, I, I think if the Habs were to look towards Derek Stepan, I personally, I think it's a step down from Galchenyuk. Um, nice, nice pun. What's that? Good pun there. Step down. I got it. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. And yeah. <laughs> we're done. Interview's over, right? We're, yeah, we're, we're, we can go home. It's now. over now. Yeah. See you later. Thanks for coming on. Uh, but go on. Sorry. Out. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah. No. Um, um, basically, Stepan is a is a twenty goal scorer. Puts up about what forty points on average, forty five points on average per season. That's about something right. like that. Um, Galchenyuk is is a potential thirty five goal scorer for the Habs uh, if they can just kind of figure out how to get into his head and and place him correctly in the lineup. Um, a lot a lot of the writers on Habs eyes on the prize see Galchenyuk as that first line center for Montreal, who's just never been given the ball. To, to run with that first center line position. Um, a lot of people talk about Galchenyuk being, you know, being the disappointment for the Habs and not playing up to his potential for the Habs. But if you just look at the raw numbers, uh, when the Canadians changed head coaches during the season, when Claude Julien came in, um, Galchenyuk had the second most points for the Habs from that point forward. So you, you, there, there's, there's numbers behind the, 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 the innuendo that kind of contradict that you know, Galchenyuk is a failure and needs to be traded. We, you know, this, he's successful. He's event, offensively capable, and I think he just had a bit of a down season. He needs to be. I think he needs to be shown some confidence from the from the management or the organization. He's, he's been treated fairly, fairly. You know, I don't say poorly, but he's been tra- treated. Um, like, you know, like an expectant father would treat their son. You know, you expect him to be the greatest ever. And, you know, you kind of you, you hold him to, to high standards. And I think that's what they're, how they're treating Galchenyuk right now is that they expect more from him and more from him. And, and just, you, they just need to let him settle down in a center, line, center position and, and then let him go. I don't know if trading for Stepan would actually be, uh, you know, if it's a lateral move or, or, or if it's even worse. Um, there's so much more potential I find in Galchenyuk that just hasn't been tapped yet. But if they were to trade him for for Stepan, first of all, you guys would get an you know a great, great offensive, capable winger and or center. And I would certainly hope that coming the Rangers' way would be Stepan plus another piece. Yeah, I think you can tell a lot by how Ranger fans reacted to the rumors. And every once people were connecting Stepan in Montreal. It was almost unanimous that Galchenyuk was the guy the Ranger fan wanted in return for basically the same reasons you were saying. Exactly, but you know, it's it's curious that um, I mean, it's curious that Stepan's name is up in rumors right now because he does have that no no trade clause in his contract, so that would severely limit any sort of potential trades. Doesn't uh, doesn't and, go into effect until July first, though, which that, is why his name is coming uh, up now. That's why. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was already in effect. So that's that's interesting. That's no, that's why we're trying but, to maybe ship him now because once that goes into effect, we absolutely can. <laughs> well, that's what Bergevin did with Subban, right? Like two days before his no trade kicked in. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. My my real question is, why does it seem like Canadians, either management or fans, feel like there can't be a world where Drouin and Galchenyuk are playing together? Why why does it feel like almost an inevitability that Galchenyuk is going to get moved in the next couple of weeks. Well, essentially, they're they're the same player. They're they're a offensively 
their offensive potentials are essentially the same. Their gaffes on the ice are essentially the same. The, the uh, comments against them are essentially the same. They both can play wing or center. Um, they're essentially the same player. And, and that's why it, it's, I can see why there's the potential of Galchenyuk being traded because uh, you, you're basically just, you know, you, you just you traded for another Galchenyuk. So if, if the Habs were to be given a good deal for, uh, for Galchenyuk and that good deal being uh, a, a defensive partner for Shea Weber, which is something they don't have, uh, or a, you know, a highly skilled offensive center, um, you know, getting rid of Galchenyuk would just be a lateral move for the Canadians because, um, you know, because Drew is essentially the same guy. But is, is, it, is it good to have two Galchenyuks? That, that was my next point. Yeah, like that sounds good. Yeah, it, it, hey man, it sounds great. I, I I personally love the idea, but that's you know that's why people are talking about getting rid of Galchenyuk is because essentially you're replacing a a Russian American with a French Canadian, and other than that, it's the same skill set. You guys have a a really nice history of trading eighteen year old defensemen that don't work out. So are you excited for this <laughs> Duran trade? Um, you know what? I, I do like the Duran trade. Um, I mean, hindsight will definitely help us out. What are you talking about? But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm completely going to ignore Ryan McDonough. I'm not going to even mention his name. Um, but you know, it's it's unfortunate that the cost of getting Duran was Sergachev, um, given all the hype behind him as the best defenseman of the last draft year. Um, but that's the cost of getting uh, a player like Duran. At least Duran is a young player who's just coming off his entry-level contract. I think he signed a very, very respectable six-year deal with Montreal. Um, that's very palatable. And it's been a long time since Montreal had a, um, a, a French-Canadian superstar, which, you know, like it or not, Montreal has that distinction of having that cultural element to their hockey team, which I think is unique in the league, and that a lot of, you know, a lot of fan, fans essentially mock Montreal for it, but it, it's just the reality of that, you know, the, the people of Montreal have that bilingual culture and they, they, they find that unifying, um, that unifying uh, element in the Montreal Canadiens that brings the whole city together. Without the Canadians, uh, you know, it'd be pretty much civil war in Quebec. Which is exactly why you <laughs> traded for Scott Gomez. I, I totally well, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Gomez, you know. Uh, True addition, American hockey player, you know, real, real culture. I I hated that trade that trade from day one because I knew Gomez was already having struggles in the, with the Rangers. Yep. Um, but it it was what it was. I mean, just just to talk about that Gomez trade just for a split second, um, that was a massive on its own. If you just look at that trade as a single trade. It's much all lost it, no doubt. But that was a massive pivot for the organization where they went from, you know, just kind of nickel and diamond, more or less second-rate players to basically saying, we will take on a massive cap hit. Come play with us. We're willing to pay you. We're willing to, we're willing to let you play here. And if it wasn't for the Gomez trade, we wouldn't have gotten Gionta. We wouldn't have gotten Cal Maleri. We wouldn't have gotten that 2010 uh, Stanley, cap, Stanley Cup run. And that playoff run in 2010, um, I think took the Montreal Canadiens to the next level, basically giving everybody that confidence that Montreal can be a contender again. And if it wasn't for the Gomez trade, uh, I don't think that would have happened with the Koivus and the Kovalevs. That's literally the best defense I've ever heard from that trade, so congratulations. 
Thank you. That's that's how I sleep at night. Yeah. And, and, I, and I can say without that Gomez trade, the 2014 Cup run may still happen, but it's not as successful without Ryan McDonough. There you go. And I think I think both both organizations won in the in the you know won from that trade, but obviously Ryan McDonough is the the crown jewel that's involved. Now it is expansion draft season. It's what everyone's talking about. This is the craziest. It, it's really been the craziest one week where not even a lot of moves have happened outside of the Juan trade. Is there a single player uh, that you are worried? I guess you kind of made it sound like. You're worried about Radulov signing with Vegas during this exclusive negotiating period. It'd be rough to lose Radulov because of the few offensive forwards that the Canadians do have. I mean, if you look at the trades they made at the trade deadline last year, it was, you know, Steve Ott. It was uh, Andreas Martinson. It was uh, Dwight King. Th- those are like, you know, borderline fourth liners. Um, Bergevin thought he had what he needed offensively and he just basically tightened up his fourth line and it just ended up being a, a bad strategy I think from his part um, Montreal needs offensive forwards and the addition of Drew obviously would help um, kind of temper the, any loss of Radulov but the other player that we would hate to lose is uh, Charles, uh, Charles Udon he's a the one of the top AHL players right now and he's pretty much the only um, the only forward that the Habs have been managed to develop in the AHL over the past five years. Uh, Montreal has a huge failing uh, at the development level. I don't know how it is with the Rangers. or. But, <laughs> oh, hey, buddy, but, now you're talking. That's what we do, too. We, we fail, and then we send college free agents. Nice. There you go, right? It's, it's, it, I mean, Bergevin always finds deals for fourth-line players and, and third-pairing defensemen, so he's not too worried. But if you look at uh, the AHL record for the Canadians, they basically have... Uh, no players that have graduated that are still with the team from uh, from the past five or six years. Yeah, we have Mark Stahl. Nice. Would you like him? Nice. Yeah, we'll give him to you. Ooh. He's, he's yours. Well, for, for, bag of pup, for bag of pucks, you know, maybe. Oh, wow, you give us a bag of pucks. That's, okay. Let that's, me seriously, that that's the deal I did not expect to get. You're giving way too much. Um, <laughs> Greg, do you have any final questions before we get to some nonsense here? Um, I mean, kind of the same thing we asked um, – the managing editor of Five for Howling, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Three guys that you see exposed that you would like to see the Canadians swing a trade for. Ooh, nice one. Um, let me think here. Um, Marco Scandella from the Wild. He was tied to some rumors earlier this week uh, coming to Montreal, and he was left exposed, so I'm definitely curious about that. There's uh, Marchanceau from Florida, obviously a a, a you know French Canadian boy who scored thirty goals on a cheap contract for Florida. I still haven't figured out why they left him unexposed. It doesn't make any very, sense to me. Very strange. Very weird. Very weird. What Florida did. I think they're kind of banking on the fact that everyone's going to wonder whether this guy's like a you know one hit wonder, and not take a risk on him. I, I would you know, I would gladly take him any day. I would I would take the risk for sure. So he's another player I like to see and. Um, you know, and I talked about Shea Weber needing a, a, a defensive partner, and um, Ottawa left Mark Mathot, you know, the the one without the finger uh, exposed. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he would be an interesting uh, pairing for for Shea Weber. There's there's a lot of players out there, and I think Vegas is going to have a pretty decent team starting next season. Um, it's fun watching George McPhee hold all the cards because he's got such swagger right now because he knows he's got everybody by the balls. It's great. 
Well, that's, yeah, the, way, that's I, the way the system was set up. Like, here, take everyone's balls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Basically, like, he, here are their balls delivered on a silver platter. Like, you know, play with them. I actually have one more um, side, side question. Do you think uh, yeah. the NHL goes to 32 teams or goes to 30 teams first? Oh, good question. Uh, I definitely I definitely think there's going to be another addition. I, I know for a fact that the NHL desperately, desperately, desperately want a team in Seattle. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Like, priority number one. Absolutely, and it was. If if Seattle got their shit together in this last expansion bid, uh, if they got anything, if they just submitted an idea on a napkin, they would have gotten a team. <laughs> like that's, that's all they had to do. Just just sneeze on a napkin, sign it, and you've got your team. And they couldn't even do that. So that's kind of worrying. I heard at one time there was like three potential investors in Seattle. None of them could get a deal for an arena. None of them could put together the finances for an expansion bid. Uh, it was just a total disaster. On the flip side, you have Quebec City, who had who have a brand new NHL ready arena. They have um, um, season ticket sales. They have the fans. They have a rabid following. Um, they submitted apparently a absolutely top notch expansion bid, and were flat out ignored. Um, That's the best. Uh, yeah, and, and <laughs> as a as a Habs as a Habs fan, I would love to hate the Nordiques again. It would be a, it would be a nice time for you. Uh, I actually have a prediction. I I think Steve Ballmer, owner of the Clippers, ends up moving the Clippers to Seattle eventually, and then they share a stadium with a hockey team that ends up being there also. Quite possible. I mean, I I thought I heard them already breaking ground on a new stadium in in Seattle. I could be wrong. But Quebec is going to be a relocation for sure. I don't think Quebec's going to get an expansion. Uh, The NHL are keeping them in their back pocket in case case Phoenix finally falls apart. Or if uh, Florida, for example, yeah, there's... I think Florida, Carolina, and Phoenix were three teams that struggled uh, with attendance this year. Um, and for the NHL, that's not what matters. For the NHL, it's it's the broadcasting rights that matter, and it's also um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, there was broadcasting, and there was uh, and, and creating new fans. If you think about it, if you put a team in Quebec City, you're not creating any new fans. You're basically just catering to existing fans who are now probably Habs fans or converted Nordiques fans into Habs fans. Right. You're not gaining. You're not gaining a new audience. Why they want to keep the team in Phoenix is because of the Austin Matthews. You know, yeah. a guy that was born and bred on Coyotes hockey. He's 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 a success story for the NHL as far as keeping those teams in those. You know, non-traditional hockey markets. And he plays for Canada. Nice job, NHL. Thing. <laughs> Could have. That's the one draft that Arizona wanted to win the worst way. Would have had a homegrown boy, and he plays for the Leafs. So congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah, and exactly. And the Leafs, the Leafs had the perfect tank, and I hate them for it with every inch of my body. It's the worst. Uh, I do want to get to a little bit of nonsense. We're going to ask you a question we asked to everyone in this this podcast. We this question is a little bit old at this point in time. It's kind of worn out, but we still like to ask it. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> is a quesadilla a sandwich? Mm, no. No way. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Hold on. We're, ta- we're talking about food items with two very different properties, though. A hot dog is yes, physically but but sandwiched in both. It's, it's tastes wrapped in two, two pieces of grain-based material. And I think there's comparables to be had between the two. In which case, I would say yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. Only if only if you admit that a quesadilla is a sandwich as well. See, no, but I think quesadilla is just in a different family. Like, I don't consider a taco a sandwich because I don't. That's not that's not the same property to make a sandwich. Like, when I'm going to make a sandwich, if I want peanut butter and jelly, I'm not going to slab it on a taco shell and all of a sudden call that a sandwich. 
I mean, I might do that anyway. It kind yeah, of sounds no, delicious. That, now, that sounds that <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> uh, but no, no. I just, I don't understand how people don't see a hot dog as a sandwich. It's literally meat God. between two pieces of bread not, with condiments on it. That is a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the, the safe, it's the evolutionary middle ground between an open-faced sandwich and a traditional two-faced sandwich. Uh, I'm just mad that you're on Team Greg, but I do want to ask you two more questions real quick uh, because I I am actually, and I'm going to give you some nice compliments, I'm a huge fan of the city of Montreal. I'm a big proponent of that city, and I visit every year. Uh, I love it there. What is your favorite place to get poutine? Favorite place to get poutine? Yeah. La Belle Provence. I could never, ever, never pronounce that. <laughs> but La Belle Provence. Okay, I will definitely, I'm going to yelp that, my friend. I actually enjoy Poutineville. When I went up, that was a very nice. good one. It was a, I, I enjoy that place a lot. Um, is there is there a hidden restaurant I should know about other than what you just said that I'll listen back to the right town? Oh, you know what? I it's been a long time since I've lived in Montreal, and believe it or not, uh, I'm born in Montreal, but I'm very much departed from the actual culinary, you know, latest things. But you know, you always have the the, the legendary Joe Beef. You have the legendary Schwartz's. You can't go wrong with those places. I'm gonna tell if you, love Joe Beef and love Schwartz's. Ate the shit out of both. There you go. <laughs> and if you and if you're ever wearing a nice suit and you feel fancy and you want to go for a bite, go to Moishe's Steakhouse. Oh, I was about to say, I, the best steak I've ever had in my life was at Moishe's. Yep, I had my bachelor party there. At least it started there, and um, yeah, it was a good time. All right, man. Yeah, I, I'll take I'll take it to my deathbed. That was the best steak I've ever had. Well, I and appreciate- I, I nearly, I nearly made my dad cry because I did ask the waiter about the chicken teriyaki. If you, you if you're gonna put it on the menu, I'm gonna ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, Andrew, I really appreciate you coming on. Seriously, if we play in the playoffs next year, you got to come back on. Uh, to talk, right on, sounds like a fine, boys. To talk with us, and we'll we'll yell at each other about how it's gonna be the most physical series of the entire playoffs. Which, how did that happen? That last question. How was ours the most physical series? Tanner glass. Um, Tanner glass. Okay, there, there you go. <laughs> the backhand, the backhanded bastard. We had 90 yeah. minutes in one game. That was incredible. All right. I, I, I agree. Look, if you want Tanner Glass, please, God, take him. Because yeah, I swear, if he's just sitting around in the free agent market when the season comes around, Elaine Vino is going to find a way to sign. Do you want Elaine Vino, by the way? You can have him. Make him an assistant coach. Assistant coach. Nice. Well, you know, we, we, we're working our way backwards, right? We went from uh, Terry Ann to Julien and uh, – Reverse chronologically, the next one is Vino. If you look at past history, he's all, he's all yours. He'll be available within six months. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, plug all your stuff with your amazing pronunciation. Fabulous. Uh, so yeah, I um, do write articles for HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. It's a SB Nation sponsored uh, Montreal Canadiens blog or magazine online, if you will. Um, and I'm also on Sunday mornings on TSN 690. Um, TSN 690 is the Montreal radio station that caters exclusively to the sports scene in Montreal. So it's a couple of things I'm working on currently. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I, you know, guys, I really appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, it's been fun. We'll definitely retweet all your stuff tomorrow so everyone can find uh, Andrew's Twitter on our, our Twitter, Blue Shirts Break. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Say hi to Darren Drager for me. <laughs> well, I wish I knew him. Do you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've tried. We know you. <laughs> cool. There you go. Peace out, Andrew. Cheers, guys. Have a good time. Bye. All right. We're going to end this episode right now. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening today. We had two wonderful interviews. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. 
our Discord channel, Greg, is blowing up, man. It, it's unbelievable. It makes me wonder if, uh, man, don't what were we doing? We should have just had this the entire time. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know what the Discord is, it's kind of like an online chat, uh, a Slack, if you will. Uh, if you donate at least a dollar to our podcast, you get access to our Discord. It is constantly bumping with a bunch of food, soccer, hockey, nonsense, and a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, and we're always talking about the funniest thing about it is it's it's legitimately 24 hours because we have guys from Australia, guys from Sweden, guys from England. We have Anders, our Norwegian bro, who's an original. It, there's someone always awake in the Discord channel. Yeah, we have like 30 It people. cracks me up because I'm at work at 3 a.m. and I can actually talk to people now. It's hilarious. It's it's like it's like 1 a.m. on a Saturday night. I'm drinking in Astoria and I'm like, huh, why is everyone talking about food right now on my phone? <laughs> So, uh, if you guys want to get in on that, it's a it's a dollar to donate, dollar holler for a dollar club at our Bootstraps Breakaway Patreon. Uh, you'll be able to support the podcast uh, since we don't have advertisers. And Greg, I have a new uh, a new announcement I want to try and uh, try and do for the summer. I want to make a goal to uh, email, sort of like we did a long time ago uh, when we with Almond Joy. I want to email ten companies and see what they'll send us. So let's do that. Oh, uh, well, what are the Nathan's? Famous Nathan's uh, has to be one of them. Nathan's right? will definitely be one of them. We'll we'll, we'll discuss this on next week's podcast. Uh, on next week's podcast, we have James coming on to talk about all the entry-level draft, the NHL Vegas expansion draft, and, uh, and a bunch of nonsense also. And James will talk some prospects with us there. So we'll I think this will be the second time I actually talk to James. It will actually be the second time. It will be like my 20th. So uh, we'll do that. Thanks, for everyone, for listening this week. I loved this week's episode, especially because of the interviews. Thanks, everyone, for coming on. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to Sarah. Greg, any last words? Uh, no. Wonderful. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.